This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed Reviews with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. We've done a couple of these episodes where we talk about something in pop culture that we want to talk about that is big, that is exciting. I am joined by my wife, Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Are you ready to talk about something that we should have maybe talked about a week ago, but we can still talk about now? (laughs) I am so ready. (laughs) Life has been busy and we wanted to get to this, but we are going to talk about Oceans 8. Yes, we are. We're going to obsess about it a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so first, just to give the baseline, I saw it once Yes. a week and a half ago. How does time work? Two it weeks ago? It was something like that. It a was week and a half ago. Yeah, opening. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And you saw it. Uh, we obviously saw it together. Yeah, we did. That was the did. Thursday preview night. And then you just saw it the other day again. I did uh, the other day because I kind of have no clue what day today is, but we'll say like maybe two or three days ago. <laughs> two or three days ago. Sure. Sure. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> a fluid circle. No, that's gross. We'll stick to flat circle. Uh-huh. Anyway. Time moves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit before we get into the movie itself about mm-hmm. uh, why we saw this movie. Like we, we do this on Obsessed Reviews. We talk a little bit about the build up to the movie and why are we... Why were we excited? Yeah. Why did we go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm happy to go first. Go for it. I Here's how I found out about the movie. Let's start with that. I was driving down Sunset Boulevard one day and came around the corner. and was like, what? What's this billboard about Ocean's <laughs> oh, 8 with who? I thought maybe Kate Blanchett was just there. She was just standing in front of me with a sign saying, won't you come to my movie? And I <laughs> didn't hit suit. her like a kind person, an awesome because killer suit. Because you were driving. I was driving. <laughs> uh, no, there was a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. I was driving on my way to work and I had heard that it was coming out, but I just kind of hadn't thought about it at had been not on my radar. Yeah. I think we had talked about it, but I had just kind of forgotten time. That it was coming soon. That it was yeah. coming. And then suddenly, as I came around a curve, there was the, the great billboard with all of them and the kind of the vertical lines. And it was just so exciting. Yeah. And I like a lot of the character, a lot of the actors who are in it. And I was just really excited to see, okay, what are they going to do with this awesome Lady Heist movie? Yeah. Lady Heist. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where I came into it from. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I had been excited for a while because there was such a uh, big splash about its announcement and all of the casting and just a great combination of you know so many people that that uh, the audience has a different investment in mm-hmm. getting to see them all play together but then for me there is also these this fun layer of uh it is not a remake a reboot it is just a continuation it's a different chapter in the story yeah uh but i really like and we have watched together the first uh modern oceans 11 mm-hmm but then me being a big fan of the Rat Pack and Frank Sinatra, I am, a, I don't know if I'll say a fan, I'm a student of the original film because the original <laughs> film is just weird. But I love things in pop culture that have this strange life and almost like they move almost like a family, like uh, the, the Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, you know, uh, with all the dudes was a remake of the one with all the dudes. And yeah. It was a big role for Shirley MacLaine back in the day. But like... It was clearly like very, very different movies. And now this movie is almost like the first one's like a grandfather. Then there's a grandkid. And then this was like, you know, the cousin of the grandkid, you know? Yeah. It's this fascinating. uh, I'm rambling a little bit, but it's this fascinating track of watching an idea, a movie property kind of grow and change with the times. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be totally honest because this is how my memory works. I have seen all these movies. 
I don't remember a lot about them. <laughs> um, so there's that. Yeah. So I don't have like a, I really want to see this because I loved this movie or I had this reaction to this movie. I, I remember watching them. I remember having generally positive like, ooh, that was fun. But beyond that, I honestly don't have... Uh, no, I want to watch them again. I yeah. want to see these siblings and uh, relatives of Ocean's 8. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we, I <laughs> swear we will get into the actual movie in, in mere moments. Yeah. But I think the other thing that fascinates me about it is this movie is uh, Ocean's 8 is so much being discussed in media and it's build up to mm-hmm. being released as, oh, it's a new uh, arm of this franchise and really relating it back to the Ocean's 11 with you know Brad Pitt and everybody, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems almost like people have maybe forgotten. Almost like uh, you know in the movie Coco, where things you know stop having stop existing when you forget them. Yeah, like there's there's so little discussion in when this movie was released of like, and of course this all started with this incredibly strange movie that was very unique at the time, where Frank Sinatra found this story thought it was cool that a bunch of people would try to rob Las Vegas. Yeah. They were all playing Las Vegas. They wanted to advertise that. And he was getting chummy with Dean Martin in particular and just wanted to spend more time with his buddies. In the movie's <laughs> weird because they just kind of like, yeah, 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 director, tell us where to go, where to stand. We really don't care. We're here. We're here we're to here, hang out. <laughs> we're here to hang out and do shows and gamble and drink and have fun. And like, yeah, uh, obviously... You know, times have changed and there's lots mm. of uh, problematic things about the Rat Pack. Uh, I think there's some great things, too. But that that spirit of, look, we just want to have a bunch of cool people together and, like, pull a heist and something cool. Like, that that, that DNA has never changed all yeah. the way to this version. Yeah. And that, I haven't done a lot of reading about the this release of Ocean's 8 or this making of it. But I have been, it has been interesting how many people only refer to... The George Clooney, Bad, Brad Pitt, et cetera, et cetera, version, and not the original one. Yeah. 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 So anyway, let's yeah. get into the movie itself. I assume that you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. we talked about it, too. We talked about it, and then I went back. Yeah. And saw it again. <laughs> and you took notes. It would be notes. a waste of time if I didn't enjoy it again. <laughs> I did take notes, because I've accepted that sometimes... Details that I really like the moment then get overwritten in my short-term memory by the next detail that I really like. And I went to a matinee. There was nobody else sitting in my row. And I just thought, you know what? I've got a little notebook in here. And I can pretend that I can write in the dark and later read what I said and not just like write over the same line over and over (laughs) again. I'm just going to take a few notes. I didn't take that many notes. I was just reviewing my notes. A lot of them, not really that insightful. But (laughs) What were they like? Like uh, the people have met. (laughs) <laughs> the heist was planned. Like, what what um, kind of notes did you write? Some of them were just, like, little moments that I enjoyed. Like, okay. oh, this interaction. But then some of those, like, oh, well, yes, there, that continues throughout it. And you, that you did not need to write that down to remember that you liked, you know, the relationship of two of the characters um, <laughs> and their friendship. Or But some were little details. And there's one that I'm not entirely sure of what I meant. Okay, well, so maybe, maybe we'll save that. Remind me of that if you yeah. can. We'll fig- try to figure out the mystery of yeah. the note. But, uh this is really fun for me because I really, really enjoyed the movie. And I I have my little notes about the parts that I really enjoyed. But you got to see it twice. You did yep. some research. You have the characters' names in front of you. I uh, do. So we don't just go, you know, Kate Blanchett's character for an hour. <laughs> we could do that and we everybody could. would be fine with that. But uh, but I will be relying on you for, for knowing a little bit more about uh, the movie than I do. So with that, yeah. why don't you tell me why you liked it in the big picture and then like specific things you liked? Okay. 
big picture, I liked it because it was fun. It was interesting. To me, it had interesting characters, a fun setting for where the heist took place. I am by no means, way, shape, whatever the form, the thing is, form. Yeah. <laughs> Any of those. <laughs> Ways and uh, forms. A, a student of heist movies. Yeah. But I enjoy a good heist movie. And so I like that aspect. I like that vocabulary. And um, I really liked the relationships between the characters. And I really liked both times, but this is maybe the thing that stuck with me the most the second time. I really liked the subtlety of the humor of our main characters. Ooh, okay. Throughout. Okay, well, I'll put a pin in that and come oh, back to will. it in just a second. We'll talk about that a lot. talked about the setting. And again, yes. going back to the first Ocean's Eleven and the second Ocean's Eleven, um, that they both have the, we're robbing Vegas. Yeah. That's the story. It's yeah. a specific place that we're robbing. It's not just cool heist guys who knock off a random bank mm-hmm. or a random casino in some, you know, Midwestern town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like the location of a museum and jewels, like that, that added to this movie, it's, it's aesthetic, it's ideas as much as Vegas informed the original movies. Um, yeah, actually I do as much, <laughs> as much as I remember the original movies. Yeah. I, I do feel like this one felt very much like a New York movie as yeah. opposed, it did not feel like, well, this is a Vegas movie, but we're just going to pretend that it works over here in, you know, New York or New Brunswick or whatever random right. it's like, city. Uh, it's like, it's mired felt, in the culture of New York in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Like the. The city was one of the, you know, one of the characters. I guess maybe we say that too much sometimes, but I feel like that was part of it. And just the the energy of the city and the way people are getting around, and what what gets this. This is another one of the themes that I really liked throughout it is what gets noticed and what doesn't, and how that gets played throughout the movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, Sandra Bullock, who is Debbie Ocean, says that right away. Of I want women. Women don't get noticed in this time. We want to take advantage of that nice you know or cheap that's a paraphrase yeah, and and i'm being dumb it's the met gala right yeah so it, it holds this very very specific cultural place the same way that like i swear i won't do this the whole podcast like <laughs> frank and dean and sammy davis jr are gonna rob the casino where they are performing while they film the movie so it has that integrated into reality like meta level and hosting this having this at the met gala where many of the actors who are playing these characters have attended uh-huh yeah do you see how big my i'm not, nodding so excitedly yeah. at you right now because that's actually part of what i really like about it is i mean the met gala is as they say in the movie it's famous and as somebody who you know has gone on and off of paying attention to the fashion world and uh works in a museum or has worked in the museum industry and you know the met gala is famous yeah and it's it is the ticket it is amazing you do want to see the red carpet and what are people wearing and what's the theme and what crazy thing have they done and that was actually the first time one of like this is a random thing but i really enjoy watching these people play characters at this event that so many of them have already attended (laughs) as themselves yeah and that to me was just like exactly like that meta level of it just it brought me joy that i can't explain yeah yeah i think there's some idea of like we, the creators, the actors, we understand the place that this holds in popular culture. Mm-hmm. We understand where the what it is in the imagination of pop culture, and we understand like the nitty gritty reality of it. Mm-hmm. So it has this great great level of commentary of like, wow, the Met Gala—it's so fancy, it's so amazing, but it can be 
broken. It can be infiltrated and understood from a different perspective. Yeah. Is really, really cool. Uh, so you said a, a bunch of interesting things that I want to follow up on. <laughs> um, uh, you were talking about Debbie Ocean has that line about when they want to be noticed and when they don't. Yeah. So do you feel like that was all um, done well in terms of, for a movie that is like, hey, it's a genre that has been dominated by men. Here's a a movie that stars all women. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the one of the times that they were explicit in the narrative about it matters that we're women. Yeah. Do you feel like overall that was handled well in the story for what you wanted to see? For the fact that they are women, for the fact that they chose to use all women? Yeah. No, I mean, um, I guess like uh, how it's built into the narrative. I guess I'm oh, thinking about yeah. like movies like Wonder Woman where some of it is she comes from an island of all women. This oh. is explicitly about women. Yeah. And I'm curious what you think about Ocean's 8, how much it's it's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. And women are, are all of the stars because why not? And how much of it has a, a, an awareness or a cultural responsibility because it is a movie that is all women yeah and you know stamping that flag of like 50 50 this shouldn't be rare that there (laughs) that there's a movie that's all women you know and yeah but but right now that you still need to to plant your flag yeah here's what i liked about it i liked that both it was very specific and it was all women and that there is a reason within the movie for why they wanted it to be all women because because i do feel like yes, let's have more movies that are all women or majority women. And, you know, let's break it all up a little bit. And I also liked that it wasn't, but I don't need every movie that is all women to be like, hey, look, we're all women. And I felt like this rode that line in a way that I found interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go women. But also there's totally a storyline plot for it that honestly really makes sense within the, the world that they built for themselves. Yeah. And so I loved that. Yeah, because yeah. you were saying, it what got me off on this tangent was you were saying the movie is really careful about when it wants you to notice things and when it doesn't, and mm-hmm. also the characters. So are there other examples of that that made that pop into your mind of times where they're trying to be noisy so they can be seen, and other times where they're trying to be sneaky? Um, Well, yes, but... <laughs> Well, obviously, with an eyes. I mean, with an eyes. I mean, and and that's just one of like the big plot points is we've got Debbie Ocean there, who's this known criminal, and as spoilers, by the way. uh, Yeah, this is entirely (laughs) spoilerful, not spoiler free. That's right. Spoilerful. You know, there's the whole like plot line of she is standing right in front of the camera, so you see her the entire time. So they because she knows. She will be recognized. She knows she's a glowing, flashing beacon. She will be expected to be the one who pulled this off. And so she never leaves that camera's sight. So, like, yeah, she's making a choice about when to be seen, when not to be seen. Um, And I'm sure there's many, many, many other examples, but I don't have any others right off the top of my head. I think that's so great. Uh, It reminds me of one of the things I like where it seems like in both a inside-the-narrative way and a meta-narrative way, there are lots of things where uh, they subvert um what should be a problem and make it a strength mm-hmm. you know and surprise you know the the people trying to catch them at crime and surprise the audience which i think is great yeah all right so you also were saying that you loved the subtlety of the humor so yeah. tell me more about that so this is a thing that i think i enjoyed the first time but is really what i picked up on the second time and is basically what most of my notes are saying <laughs> uh <laughs> Because there's so there's to me there's so much humor and so much comedy within the movie, but it's not in your face. It's not over the top. 
there's like a lot of the little exchanges between Sandra Bullock, Debbie Ocean, and her previous partner in crime, Kate Blanchett, uh, Lou, and their their relationship between each other, which is the other thing that I is like the other ninety percent of my notes is like I love these two together. I love these two together. Look at them. Look at them uh, because they're amazing. And it's everything from just little asides to each other to um you know Kate Blanchett has such a great just deadpan delivery so often yeah to just a very specific thing there's a a time when um Helena Bonham Carter's character who she's a clothing designer um and they're both standing outside the window totally deadpan blowing bubbles oh yes which is just like that combination of trying to instill a certain reaction in Helena Bonham Carter's character, Rose Weil. Um, I didn't even have to look down. I look wrote it. It you. worked. Yeah. Um, as she's talking to uh, Anne Hathaway's character, Daphne Kluger. Um, and just like that, standing out there, that deadpan, that blowing it. And then they leave and there's just two little bubbles. <laughs> yes. Floating down. Yes. I forgot about that beat, but I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Here's another one of the beats. And actually this is, this maybe is a little bit of those like things that you don't see. So there's a moment when, um, the two of them, Kate Blanchett and uh, Lou and Debbie Ocean, first go meet uh, uh, Rose Wilde, the costume designer, and say, we want you to design, you know, Daphne Kluver's costume for the Met Gala. And, yeah. And she's all depressed and like, no, no, I don't want to do this. And Kate Blanchett sits down and puts her arm around Helena Bonham Carter. And she has like, her dress has these big sleeves. And she just, between the layers of fabric, puts her hand down as though it's a pocket. And it's just, it's this little tiny moment, but it's so perfect. And it I love it. It is one of my favorite moments in the film. What do you feel like is happening in that moment? I mean, that's a cool, like, weird actor choice. But what do you think, what did it feel like it meant between the characters to you? It felt like she was accepting her for who she is. Like, um, Lou was accepting Rose Wilde for who she is. Like, and it was just an that, honest, like, tender, like, I kind of, I get you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also, I want to get you interested in the scheme we're running. Yeah. And also, just that moment of, here's a thing that is visible that we are choosing to ignore, which is that she has pockets in her sleeve, but I'm just going to go ahead and subtly <laughs> acknowledge it, but not acknowledge it. Right. Because that's a, a thing I, I would imagine to compliment a designer of, like, I see your little touches. Yeah. Like I, I see your little pockets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's so understated and so fits within uh, Lou's character. And I just, it's one of those moments that, I, those are two of the moments that I love of the comedy. And I just feel like throughout that, they set the tone. And then there's those little moments, um, you know, even with things like when uh, Debbie Ocean is at her brother, Danny Ocean's uh, grave. Grave. And it's like, it, you know, is he dead? I sure hope so. Or, you know, you or yeah. when she said she doesn't, that's later. She says, you better be in there. Yeah. And just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite things yeah. because I feel like the movie starts so strong with Debbie Ocean, that great performance of Sandra Bullock of being so deadpan uh, and just so telling the whole audience, like, yes, of course I'm lying. I want to mm-hmm. get out, back out there. I want to do a crime mm-hmm. uh, because that's who I am. Yeah. And to know, like it would have insulted the audience. Like, it would have insulted the audience's intelligence. I remember as soon as she was in front of the, the tombstone, yeah. uh, that is like, come on. No one, no one's dead in this, you know, <laughs> you know, anybody who's ever died, it's been part of a heist, you know? So yeah. I love that just felt like so much respect for the audience and so much character building 
about that family. Yes. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And wrapping back to the end, you know, that yep. end beat of hers, like, it was so cool. Yeah. You know? That, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Pouring out the martini to share the story of the heist with him. Yeah. 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 And that, that's one of the other things that for the, both of them, but especially the first viewing is I was just reminded of how, how much I like and respect Sandra Bullock as an actor. Yeah. Because I think she does a great job. Yeah, yeah. All right, and we'll get into some of the the discussions and the controversies, and I want to share a couple of things that I I really like. Controversies overstating it. I've talked to two or three people in person. I've heard them go, I don't know about this. Uh, So controversies overstating it. (laughs) Uh, I'm drinking a martini. It's late at night. Anyway, um, so I I like the Danny Ocean thing. I really liked all of the music that contributed to giving it that bouncy, great energy. Yeah. Where you just like you feel like your awesome friend is paying you an awesome mixtape, but I particularly loved that they used uh, "These Boots Are Made for Walking" by Nancy Sinatra. Right, it's like if you're gonna take this thing that started as a boys' club and Shirley MacLaine back in the day, yep. and get to this great place we are now, where things are changing, and you want to nod to that, yep. How about uh, Sinatra's daughter Nancy with her massive hit? You know, it was mm-hmm. that was not a like no well, Frank, <laughs> Frank's daughter made like that was a massive hit mm-hmm. uh, in its own right and is such an anthem. Yeah, of like fuck you all. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Am I remembering correctly that it's when they're walking out of the Met Gala, having yeah. pulled off the heist? Yeah. So they've all you know. M- Almost all of them have changed into their nice dresses. Yeah. And on many of them, you can see the pieces of the necklace that are broken up into a piece of jewelry that they're wearing. And they're all walking down the stairs. Yeah. And so it's just such a great, um, there's such great motion in that shot or that series of shots of coming down the stairs and you can see their uh, excitement at their success within like the physicality of their walking down the stairs, they're not just walking down the stairs. They have pulled off a heist. And you can see it in the way they're walking down those bleeping stairs. Right. And she's <laughs> you singing the song. You can say something other I'm, than bleeping I'm saying if you exactly want to. what I want to say. All right. And she's singing that song, and it. I love it. Yeah, it is absolutely the yeah. spirit of this song of like, screw you. We've, yep. we've got this. Yep. And I'm just going to shout out to Daniel Pemberton. I wrote his name down so I wouldn't say it wrong <laughs> because I am so enjoying that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. 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 We will have to uh, play it here in our apartment, and then we can walk slowly together. <laughs> so we have pulled off a heist, and that'll be fun. Um, I loved a lot of the subversions, but in particular, I really liked Anne Hathaway. The mm, surprise yeah. that she was not uh, Daphne Kruger? Kluger. Kluger. Kruger would be a different pop culture character. It would be, but uh, I find Kluger to be an interesting tongue twister, at least from my tongue. Daphne Kluger, it really does sound like somebody who would be the hit of the Met Gala, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I thought that her performance was phenomenal, but I also thought that she was given a lot of the great laugh lines mm-hmm. um, and that big fun surprise that, yeah. look, I know you all tried to play me like I'm the vain actor, and yes, I am, but I am also more. Yeah. Yeah, that and, was so great. Yeah, and, and that that great line that exchange about what is it? She says like that that <laughs> she's lonely and she doesn't like book clubs. Yeah, that she has a hard time making female friends or something like that, and book clubs are boring. Book clubs are boring. And yeah. So Sarah Paulson, who plays Tammy, is like, so you decided to turn to a life of crime, and she's like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. I probably have it written down because that's one of the things I wrote down. Yeah. But that whole exchange of A, the uh, the fun twist. Yeah. That she's in on it. Yes. And that she's intelligent and in on it. And then that she wants to be in on it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like that is a cool uh, refutation of the stereotype of like, oh, women couldn't plan a heist because they'd fight with each other. That It was such a great moment to have baked in of like, no, I, you all seem awesome. Yeah. I want to be a part of this awesome thing and have some interest in my life and do it with all of you. Yeah. And I love also that, I mean, we don't see it, but I love that uh, from the way they set it up, Debbie and Lou went to her because they kind of maybe whether they, it sounds like it isn't that she figured it out and came to them and said, I see what you're trying to do or went to, you know, one of the other people, but they're like, okay, she's, She's smart. She's going to figure this out. Let's let's wrap her in, but not warn everybody else ahead of time. It's just it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. It's got and levels, I, but that, I, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like I hadn't retained that part of it, so that's awesome that there is this mutual respect society. Of mm-hmm. Like, oh great, well she's got to be on to us. Yeah, so we'll invite her in. Yeah, instead of attacking her. Yeah, and I feel like what you just said about a mutual respect society is one of the things that works so well in this because you start with you know say like. Uh, Sandra Bullock, who's this old school crime family. This is the way we do things. Rihanna's character, Nine Ball comes in. She does not trust her, but then she totally earns her respect and it becomes a mutual respect society. And I know we're getting to the criticisms later, but one of the, I feel like somebody, I don't know, maybe only one person, maybe many people are like, there wasn't enough fighting among the ladies. And I just Who said that I've probably read it online somewhere. And I, okay. here's what I say to that is I put my boot made for walking into the <laughs> middle of that comment because it was such great. Um, there were such great interactions and drama in the general sense of dramatic interactions that tell a story that let us know these characters, not drama like fistfights and tears. Yeah. And it, you didn't need it. Right. And no. That would distra- detract from it, and I what that comment made me mad, which is why it stuck with. Yeah, me. understandably. I saw a uh, tweet where somebody had compiled an old joke from mm-hmm. uh I don't know how old the joke is. A joke from a comedian who had a riff on Ocean's Eleven could never happen with women because they would criticize each other, and you know the standard thing. Um, and then some excerpts from interviews where uh, Anne Hathaway was discussing how awesome it was to do it, do the movie, and how uh, Anne Hathaway was saying something about her weight, and Rihanna was like, awesome, you have an ass. That's cool. <laughs> and, and Anne Hathaway talked about, like, yeah, that was so amazing to hear that. So it, it, the, the tweet was sort of like, here is a series of statements, and yeah. see how they relate. And like yep. that old joke of like, you put the women together, they're gonna they're fight. They're gonna fight and, and hate they each other. And know that there's this, there was this uh, awesome truth of the shooting of the movie. Yeah, that it was the opposite of that. Yeah, and then the actual story of the movie is also the opposite of that. Yeah, and I feel like I've heard that from Aquafina, who we haven't talked about yet, who played the character of Constance. Amazing and who funny. Was amazing. Are you sure he's dead? <laughs> <laughs> um so so good um but i have seen her comment in uh, an article i think it was an interview specifically with her um and just kind of her career and how 
you know, it, that's not necessarily your least intimidating cast to walk into. Yeah. As somebody who hasn't done as much acting. And just that was the comment from her is how great and welcoming it was. The cast was and how well they all work together. That Which is, is awesome. just great because that's how it felt on screen. And so I like to think that they're all friends off screen too. So. Well, yeah, I mean, or just that the or get that, along at least. that they worked hard and they made a movie, but yeah. that I think is part of this kind of heist movie that this kind of you know, back in the day had like you know the 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 jazz score of like cool heist. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a cool heist movie, mm-hmm. um, and a part of that is the bon ami, yeah, of the like these are people that we would love to hang out with, even if they weren't doing a crime. Yeah. But it's cool that they're doing a crime. Exactly. Uh, so you want that sense that they are having that repartee and that like, oh, that kind of easy banter back and forth. And yeah. I feel like the movie does nail that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I really liked mm-hmm. is that Debbie's Debbie Ocean's motivation ultimately to me, and let me know what you think, mm-hmm. did just seem like I this is part of who I am. This is my family. Mm-hmm. We're not just like criminals. We come up with heists. Yeah. Very specific heists. Part of it is the joy of planning something elaborate, thinking ahead for everything. And that that's ultimately what the movie is about because it kind yeah. of begins with that. Of obviously, of her getting out of prison. I like all of the jokes along the way about like you sat in prison and thought of only this. And mm-hmm. thought of all of the different permutations and the possibilities and the players and all of these things. Yeah. Uh, and then to come back around to the end, like that the button of this cool heist movie is her wanting to retell the story. Yeah. Because she's proud of her story. Yeah. And this is a thing that I, first, I totally agree. Um, I love the comment that she makes about getting herself thrown in solitary so she could think better about it <laughs> oh, yeah, that's because a it was great too one. noisy with five or whatever, however many women were in her cell. Um, but she, you know, she has that piece of paper, that folded piece of paper Yeah. that when she first goes to the hotel, you see, but you can't read, like it's blurry. You can't read it. But it's like but a then list. It's like, it's a list and it has a little drawing on it. You can't quite see what the, um, the header, what's it, yeah. the letterhead, um, and then at the end, or toward the end, you see her crossing things off. And I might be totally wrong about this, but somebody, maybe it was Constance, maybe not. But I feel like one of the other characters at some point said, oh, is this the person you're going to add to your list? And she's like, what list? And like, I've seen your list. You have a list. Is that a list of people? Oh. And she kind of plays it off and doesn't answer. But something that I saw, I think it's when the the ex who got her thrown in jail in the first place after he is successfully framed. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like they're different, um, like heist moves that are being crossed off one by one. Oh. Of like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is what you do. And I might be totally wrong. Well, you know, the DVD will come out, we'll get to pause on that frame. And it's actually <laughs> something you know, like her grocery list or something. But from the glimpse that I saw of like two or three of the words that I thought I read, yeah, um, it seemed like, is this, you know, like, a good card game and you've got these tricks that you want to play in a card game, but for the ocean family, they've got these different types of heists that they want to do or different moves within them. Like, you know, yeah. pin it on a person or do the double blind or, yeah. you know, like all these names for specific 
movements, if you will, within the heist. Which yeah, I think pull is in what an it's about. an investigator and bribe them, and that's part of the heist. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really cool. I want that to be true. I, I want that, that to be true. I don't know if it is. Because that uh, leads me into one of the other uh, sort of controversies. Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep <laughs> using the word controversy. Controversy with a small c. It's a very small c. I have heard uh, a couple of people saying that, uh, I wish the motivation hadn't been that she wants revenge on her boyfriend. And to me, that's not the motivation. Mm-hmm. To me, it's this moment of conflict that's introduced where Lou is concerned. Totally. That that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. I think Lou is very understanding because, like, of course you'd want to uh, yeah. get some payback to this asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think one of, like, the fun twists and triumphs of the third act where we get all these fun twists is that, no. That's just a bonus. I needed to frame it on somebody. He was actually a good candidate for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's just this side bonus. So I feel like the movie is successful in making you feel like that's the conflict. Oh, yeah. Is she going to run out of her spot that she's supposed to stay at in order to attack him? You know? Yeah, or because she she talks to him at the the end. You know? Yeah. And I love that it is just like, no, he's a patsy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a patsy with uh, uh, benefits, yep. and I don't. I don't mean that as a sexual thing. I mean no. it is the revenge is the benefit. Exactly, a patsy with benefits. <laughs> uh, and I would love it if her list was like in this because she's been thinking about this mm-hmm. in this one heist. I want to do all these tricks. Yeah, like she's a fucking snowboarder in the Olympics, where she's like, I'm going to do every trick exactly. in this one run. Yep, like that would be really cool because I feel like it does. Uh, it's uh, it's the payoff to that that conflict that you think is there that mm-hmm. she's doing it for revenge, but she's not. And the truth yeah. is, she just she is just planning the most awesome heist mm-hmm. imaginable. Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree. And the first time, I I mean, I was very nervous. Of like, oh, is this all going to fall apart? And I mean, it worked very well. Like for, the actual heist. Yeah, like is the revenge going to be the the um the goal rather than the heist. Yeah. But I, the second time it's such a lovely button and it is such a, it is such an added bonus that yeah. can't be counted on until after the original heist is pulled off. And I, yeah, I, I feel like it's anyway yeah. in my head canon. That's what the list is. <laughs> we'll find out someday if that's yeah. what it is or not, but that's what the list is in my head canon. We'll I that. like your head canon. Here's my final uh, thing that I really, really liked. Yeah. Maybe my favorite thing that made me feel like, ah, yeah, this is great. So you've always got the the uh, anti-hero with the heist movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what's this all about? It's fun. It's jazzy. Even if there isn't literal jazz music, it's jazzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say a spoiler for the original Ocean's Eleven. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you either in a heist movie, you either get the like, oh, they almost fail, but they triumph. Or like this sort of, uh, or somebody gets their comeuppance, right? Yeah. I really liked that ultimately what they did was steal incredibly expensive jewels that benefited no one and just (laughs) sat there and literally did not see the light of day. So already you've got like a, you're not really hurting anyone crime in terms of anti-heroes for a heist movie. You've got like... You're just stealing some jewels from for some people who are already incredibly wealthy. Yeah. But then you got that added layer of like this uh, commentary on the economy of that's what makes our economy horrible is if incredibly rich people 
sit on it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is the 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 myth of trickle down, right? Mm-hmm. Those those diamonds, those jewels are not trickling down. Yeah. And what do they do when they get them? For the most part, all of our cool heroes open small local shops. <laughs> This movie is about redistributing the wealth. It is. No, it totally is. And I think, and that ties into the one thing that I couldn't quite understand. So thank you for remembering it of my notes. Um, and the thing that I had not picked up on the first time, the added heist or the main point of the original heist, not just stealing from Cartier, but all of the crown jewels, those aren't, they're not stealing crown jewels from museum collections or other places where they're, you know, in theory, given to the public good. All of those other jewels are on loan from like a Russian oligarch, basically. Right. All of the others. So that's who they're stealing from is the, you know, Cartier. And then also all of the others are from this one Russian. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. And and I love the I love the tie in. And this is the part that I didn't complete the note. Um, so you're helping me right now. With <laughs> oh, this. good. Is this um, the no- mystery this is the note? note? I couldn't. The mystery note. OK, good. Um, was about uh, it says tie back at the end (laughs) I wonder Um, who tied their hair back at the end Uh, but I think that's exactly what it is because you see at least for for many of the characters you see them fulfill a a goal a dream that you see some connection to at the beginning like you see Lou looking at the magazine that shows people driving on um the Pacific Coast Highway and hers maybe the least small business. But that's what you see at the end is her driving on what I think might be the Big Sur Bridge. Right. You but know, it's like, her escaping, having to run this sort of uh, not fun uh, mixing the, you know, yeah, vodka and water. Yeah, watering water. down the well vodka. Yeah. yeah but, and I love that that it's so she gets the her shot freedom. that you see in the magazine is the shot that you see her on later. That's amazing. And I love that. I did not pick up on that at all. That took a second viewing for me. And I love that you get nine ball opening nine balls you know yeah. bar and billiard club bar and, and then yeah. uh uh helena bottom carter's character whose name i do not remember but you rose wild rose wild she basically gets a second shot and mm-hmm. i feel like that's really interesting too because it's yeah you know obviously a little bit with robbing at the met gala if not robbing you know the met gala itself yeah there is a little definitely some criticism in this movie of sort of uh the cruel click nature mm-hmm. of high fashion absolutely and how she had been driven out you know, yeah, and, and that this whole process let her rediscover herself, and that this you know gave her a chance to get back in. Yep, and and, and put put, that, put pockets in weird places, and you put know? that safety pin necklace in the window display. I love yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah, and um, yeah, and I love back when they originally rope her in that she's like, I don't want to go to prison; it'd be boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now what? Are, and I feel like we see at least one other person having some sort of small business. Um, well, yeah, Sarah Paulson's character, Tammy. Oh, yeah. It's not entirely clear what she's doing, but she's running some sort of warehouse. Yeah. So it's like, is it a warehouse? Is she just fencing a lot of stolen goods? <laughs> Who knows? Um, it would make sense, again, in our headcanon, if she went from this sort of, uh, again, like Debbie, because this is part of her life. She can't stop doing this. Went from this weird uh, fencing operation to a, I run a legitimate warehouse because yeah. I have wealth now and I can. And I'm really good at this movement good at this. of goods. Yeah. Like that's that's what it keeps coming back to for her is, as she explains to her kid, I'm really good at finding the special toy and then finding the owner for it. <laughs> that is a great such a line. a good explanation. Yeah. Um, and then you get Constance, uh, played by Aquafina, who's on the co-op board and skateboarding around her, oh, yes, yes, her yes. Um, condo. 
And you get Daphne Kluger directing. Right. Uh, so which is great. Get everybody sort of yeah. taking the we? reins. Oh, um, Minnie Kaling's character, uh, Amita, is a little less clear. She, she was uh, being schooled in the whole swipe left, swipe right. And you see her on the date in Paris. Right. But her goal was to not have to live with her mother. Right. And so clearly she doesn't have to live with her mother because she's on a date in Paris. And wasn't there some stuff with her when we were first meeting her where she was sort of uh, uh, supposed to follow a more traditional path? Yes. She romance? was supposed to be, I think, married. Married, yeah. Yes. So she she was yeah, to somebody finding... of her mother's choosing. <laughs> right. So all of them get some level of freedom and yeah. many of them are like reinvesting back in the community and actually mm-hmm. making that money flow. You know, yeah, in uh, uh, obviously, uh, 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 the Daphne Kluger, the that's such a great play. All of Daphne Kluger's stuff is such great twists on the old tropes of Hollywood. Yeah, of the you know going back to singing in the rain of the you know the actor the actress in this situation who isn't smart and right. the old Hollywood trope of what I really want to do is direct, but like no. Yep. Screw you. I'm really good at this. I'm going to direct. Yeah. And is. then the person that she's directing is somebody who clearly is cast to look like her. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of fun. There's also a moment, and this is one that I'm trying to place exactly where I believe it is after she would have known about the heist, but before we, the audience, know she knows about the heist. And she's talking about, I love my job too. And it's like, okay. On reviewing, is she talking about, oh, I love being an actress? And does that include the fact that she's acting right now that she doesn't know anything about the heist when she actually does? Yeah. Because it was something that was related to the necklace. Yeah, because so there's was, like multiple yeah. layers on that on rewatching it that I Yeah, found. I really want to watch it again. But I do remember the line in that one of the things that uh, clued her in is that she knows good acting. And yeah. uh, Rose Weil was not being a good actor. That's another thing that subverts the trope of like, Oh, uh, acting is easy. You just, you know, stand there and, and look sharp. Yeah. Like, but no, this is my craft. And, you know, it's a it's a hint toward her becoming a director of like, I can tell yeah. that's bad acting. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. So okay. anything else that you want to share that you really loved? Or shall we move on to things we weren't sure about? Let's move on. All right. Do you want to start with things you weren't sure about? And yes. or just plain old didn't like? I will. Okay. So here's my giant caveat with the whole movie. <laughs> Overall, I really liked the movie. Super fun. To me, the movie, um, I like the first two-thirds of it so much more than two-thirds of the last third of it. And here <laughs> is exactly You do not exactly like the first third of the third act. Yeah, or the two, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, to me, James Gordon just changed the tone of the whole movie mm-hmm. and when the first time we saw it i remember saying this to you afterwards like ah, i just wish that had been a woman yeah and because i felt like the first time that to me maybe that like of was that, that the retake tone that was the tone that I, my brain was making of like okay. why am i shifting suddenly in the middle of this movie um was feeling that okay well is this because i've just gotten so used to watching women on screen that i want more men, more women which Absolutely, totally up for that yeah. role being played by a woman. But on the second viewing, when I was all about the subtle comedy, then he comes in and I feel like 
da, it's, da, da, exactly. Da, da, da. It's like we're doing subtle Make little comedy, laugh. and yeah. then somebody comes in in a clown wig, <laughs> honking their nose, and it's just like it. It's not that it's bad. I actually I don't dislike James Corden, but I felt like he was in a different movie, and the way that that character was played totally undercut everything they've been building to throughout the rest of the movie and built back to some of once he left. Yeah. But to me, that part just, it's like it's in a different key and there's no key change. Yeah. And it is, I think it ultimately serves the movie because I really love that the twist is the heist is more awesome than you knew. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some people, uh, that is actually a, a thing that I, I, I have seen like uh, social media discussing. Yeah. And I think there are some articles or, or some critics reviews of like, but there wasn't a bad guy. There should have been a villain. Why didn't it go? Like, I love that the twist was it was more awesome because this is a movie to go and have fun and celebrate yeah. and grab some bigger ideas if you want. Yeah. So uh, I felt at first like, oh, I'm not sure that I'm enjoying James Corden's performance because there's just a lot of James Corden everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like, wow, this is a breath of fresh air. We get to see all these famous women, but in a different context, mm-hmm. playing together. Yeah. And then there's like the, hey, remember me? Uh, it's it's me. It's dude who's everywhere right now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I honestly did think like one of his lines was the funniest lines I, that when he's uh, talking about how rich the uh, the Patsy is mm-hmm. uh, and saying you have two of those which to the weird sculpture thing. Those two yeah. things. It was funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I laughed. Absolutely. But what I was I tracking with him. it was <laughs> I was tracking that like, oh, this is the person who's going to be a pain in the ass and almost catch them and be a real problem. It's like, okay, well, then that makes perfect sense in this uh, movie that is celebrating women that the pain in the ass, the problem is going to be a man. Yeah. The person representing traditional authority is going to mm-hmm. be a man. But then when Debbie took care of him with a quick and easy bribe that she, in fact, knew was coming, right? Yeah. Like, he was a piece on the chessboard that she was waiting to move himself so she could knock him over, right? She called him. He didn't call her. Yeah. Right. I couldn't remember the details of it. I just remembered the... the uh, You don't but, see it, but she says that. He's like, oh, I was going to call. She's like, yeah. Hmm. So, but it is true that, that she knew that he would be there and that oh, she yeah. manipulated him, yeah. right? Yeah, because he had arrested, I don't remember, like her brother, her father, her uncle. Yes. Like, oh, a bunch of people. Yeah, like and he, she's yeah. like, he's family. He's family, so, yeah. and she knew that he what he would want, and she knew how to manipulate him and play mm-hmm. him. So at that point, then I was like, well, if that was going to be the story... I guess for me, I felt a little bit more like it could have been a woman because he ended up being not challenging. Like he was challenging. He just kind of disappeared. Like, well, he he has his like section of the movie where he's often funny, but yells at people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he's vanquished. And almost in a way of like, yep, I'm a part of this world too. And sometimes when it behooves me, I arrest people and other times... I take a bribe and I whistle and walk away and I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that was going to be the story, then it just could have been a woman. Yeah. I because don't... it didn't end up being a big point of conflict. No. Like if they had had to like, he was an actual challenge and resolute and they really had to marshal their forces and somehow defeat him, then it would have made sense to me that like, 
a commentary that he, he is representing authority. He is representing, you know, uh, uh, men yeah. in society. Uh, and but since he didn't, there's a little part of me is like, could have been a woman. Yeah, it feels like to me it could like casting him was a casting choice, not a casting decision. Yeah. If that differentiation makes sense. Yeah. Like it 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 could have been anybody and that was who they chose, which is fine. Yeah. Um and maybe that does work better for that part of the movie to have it be a different tone. I just felt like that part of the movie was such a different tone from everything else. Yeah. Do you feel like ultimately that the character could have been a woman? Oh, yeah, or should absolutely. have been. Um, I I still feel like it could have been. I don't feel as much. The first time I saw it, I felt so much like it should have been because I felt like that was the, um, the jarring note. Whereas I feel like the jarring note was more the tonal. performance. Okay, okay, cool, interesting. All right, so I have one other uh, grievance, one other thing uh, mm-hmm. that I was not sure about a question, but do you, I want to offer the floor to you. Do you have another thing? Um, no, I think okay. that's the main thing. <laughs> All right. So this is a kind of a, a weird one, but just the film to me had had so many, it had a lot of moments where the comedy really popped. Yeah. And I just wanted more. Yeah. And I felt like Anne Hathaway got a lot of the really funny lines. And I meant to say this earlier, but I think that's a part of her great meta narrative of people have been really cruel to Anne Hathaway. They yes. have had that like we're just kind of sick of her. Yeah. Or she seems a little uptight. Yeah. So to have her play a really, a character who appears as though she's going to be in Anne Hathaway, one for one, making fun of her own image, and then she's so much more. That's great. Yeah. But Anne Hathaway is so good at comedy. I'm just going to throw that in there. Like she's been in so many roles where she gets, I think, undervalued for the comedy that she does. I agree. Yeah. Um, But I just, uh, there, there, that bubble moment is great. Uh, that moment where it's uh, Rose Weil who's speaking French, right? And then uh, yep. Mindy Kling is just like, we. Yes. There, there were, there's a lot of like just bouncy, fun, heist. Yes. It's kind of scintillating. Like you're, what you're saying is uh, more subtle and maybe mm-hmm. I need to see that. But I think I was wanting there to be a few more pops because of like big, big obvious swing for the fences, laugh lines, like that yeah. we. Yeah. And like that, you know, I don't like book clubs. Yeah. Well, I would take more of that, definitely. Yeah. And even before, uh, like, Helena Bonham Carter starts speaking in French, she's like, hmm, I, I don't do numbers. And then just starts <laughs> speaking in French because that's the part that's supposedly hard. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love that play on, like, oh, I'm, I'm a fashion person. I can't do math. I just, the way she plays into that. I, I really enjoyed it. I loved the subtlety of the humor. I would totally take a few more big laugh lines. There were many times I was laughing loudly but possibly one of the few people who was laughing loudly <laughs> in the second in showing? the second th- okay. showing, yeah 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 all right well let's talk a little bit about do you have a favorite character out of all of them oh oh i'm sorry is that cruel that is cruel uh is it a favorite anything a favorite scene a favorite relationship a favorite idea Mm, well, favorite relationship. I just love the friendship between Lou and Debbie Ocean. Yeah, like to me that that partnership, that knowing, like Lou has that knowing. Eh, don't mess this up. You're a pro. You're really good at this. But if your head is on revenge, you're not going to be good at this. And um, Debbie Ocean has the whole thing when she's explaining to one of the others. I don't remember who. Um, 
kind of the whole what went wrong and why she went to prison. And she's explaining, oh, she and Lou were having a rough patch. Mm-hmm. So they weren't together at that time. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I always love Sarah Paulson. I think she's an amazing actress and I just am happy to see her. I'm a huge fan of Rihanna. I did not know Aquafina before this and I'm now a huge fan. I mean, I just, yes, I love all of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm <laughs> not going to make you choose. Have like a Thursday night, 8 p.m. They're all just hanging out in um, Lou's club and yeah. <laughs> chatting about what book they didn't read yeah. for half an hour every Thursday at 8 o'clock. I would watch it. Okay, so let me ask you a little bit more. That's all great. Let mm-hmm. me ask you a little bit more about Debbie and Lou's friendship. Yeah. Did you uh, take it as they were crime partners or that they were in a romantic relationship? And did you want it to be explicitly a romantic relationship? Because that's another thing that I've just had a, a friendly yep. discussion with people about of like that line seems to be open for interpretation. I think it's left open and I personally have no problem with it being left open. Okay. I don't feel like that is... The point either way of the movie. Okay. And so you so you don't have any headcanon either way. No, you just like I, it can be it, it can be you. whatever it 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 can be both ways. Whatever. Yeah. I I don't have a strong need for it to be one way or the other. Yeah. Um. And I am I don't have a strong need for it to have been defined. Okay. Yeah. Because almost in some ways, uh, it was. Well, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so let me rephrase my statement to a question. (laughs) For you, was the strength just that regardless of the exact nature of the relationship, there was such a knowledge and understanding of one another and a trust? Yeah, there's such a close bond and such a close connection. Yeah. And exactly how that connection plays out, I kind of don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked that Lou's concern wasn't you're going to get me in trouble. You're, it was just a like, don't make this mistake, my friend. Yeah. And and I, I think the kind of um, uh, uh, relationship that anyone is lucky to have for a friend to swoop in and go, it looks like you're about to do X, mm-hmm. which seems like would not be good for you or for anyone else. Are you sure you're not doing X? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not like uh a friend being difficult that's a friend being a friend yeah and i feel like it the entire thing was played that it could be that they are just friends it could be that they're more than friends it could be that they have a multi-layered friendship and i feel like any of those work yeah and having that defined doesn't necessarily add to or detract from the strength of what we see in the movie okay uh, what did this movie make you feel like doing? So I, Strutting. We, strutting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's really, really solid. It made me want to go redistribute wealth in some way. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. We're going to do some fun uh, how obsessed are you questions. <laughs> do you Well, at the end, we'll, uh, I'll make sure to make but that we got all your notes, oh. that we didn't leave anything out yeah, uh, from your notes. Did you immediately want to see this movie again when you left from your second viewing? Were you like, if you could see it the next day, would you have been happy to see it again the next day? Oh, after the second one? Yeah. Um, yeah. If not the second day, maybe two days later. But okay. that's just, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like to give things time to sink in yeah. and process, which you I like clearly did. marinated. <laughs> so you want to marinate in Ocean's 8. I want mar- Ocean's 8 to marinate in my brain. <laughs> But yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the time your life is over, mm-hmm. this is terrible. How many times do you want to <laughs> yes, have partner. seen? 
<laughs> By the time your life is over, how many times do you want to have seen this movie? At least four. Okay. And, you know, if it was much more than 20, I might be concerned. Okay. But just to pull the curtain back, you and I are sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. We, I know I have friends who are like, I put it on in the background while I'm doing laundry. And like, yeah. no, I, I sit down and I go into that world yeah. for two hours. And I think you're, you're largely the same way. I'm largely the same way. Sometimes when I'm, you know, trying to do some bookkeeping or something at home, I might be like, I'm going to put on a movie in the background. I just yeah. don't succeed at it. <laughs> you kindly uh, do a lot of the work for our taxes and for years just straight up did our taxes. I would love it. If you were watching a heist movie while you were doing our taxes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, would you ever want to be transported into the reality of this movie? No. No? Really? I, I, yes. Is it the heist like, thing? Yeah. I mean, I would love to. But I, with who I actually am, I would love to be a different person and be transported into that. But with who mm. I actually am and with the realities of life, no. Well, here's no. a big thing about the movie to me that we haven't really talked about is... Unlike other heist movies, this isn't eight of the biggest veterans of crime. Yeah. Several of the people are like, you don't normally do crime, Mm -hmm. but we are going to prop you up. We are going to put you in your role and we're going to provide you with all of the information and all the confidence you need. So if somebody came to you and it was a righteous heist (laughs) and said, like, we know this makes you really nervous, but we just need someone... To distract the audience with an improvised uh, modern dance mm-hmm. for five minutes and something that you're like, you know you could do. Yeah. It is in your bones and you don't you don't have to do anything else. You just have to play your role. Yeah. Could could a, a collection of awesome people collect you, uh, talk you into doing that? Maybe. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Okay. This was recorded in live in public. I'm not going to say yes to anything and then have that be played against me sometime. Fair enough. This is not a trap. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Good. I don't plan on going to prison tonight. Well, I don't want... Yeah, don't go to prison. <laughs> good. Don't go to prison. Don't go to prison ever. Please. I'm sounds good to me. I'm not planning to go to prison either. Uh, this is a big uh, change. Would you buy <laughs> and wear underwear based on this movie? Um... Yeah, as long as it was comfortable. <laughs> like, if it were a bunch of diamonds, no. Because yeah. that wouldn't be comfortable. And you know why I ask this question. Because you ask I, it, this question frequently. Yeah, but yeah. I, it, it, to me, it's about, like, how do you want to express how much you liked it? And for me, like, obviously, underwear does get shared with other people. But for the most part, it's just, it's a thing that you like, that you keep close to you while you're going through your day. Like, yeah. I mean, back in the day when Phantom Menace came out, I had three different... uh Sets of Darth Maul boxers, and I don't know if anyone ever saw them, I but did not I that. liked them. <laughs> um, I, I guess here's where I'm at with that. I would be happy to own those items and wear those items. I don't have a desperate need for those items to exist, so it's not like I'm gonna go find a way to make my own or come on, like think geek, make start, my Ocean's Eight underwear. Yeah, yeah. start writing to a hot topic until they come up with this. <laughs> And at the same time, that is exactly how I like to share a lot of the things that I like are for myself, not necessarily for the world. Yeah. And so I would be much more comfortable wearing Ocean's 8 underwear than I would be an Ocean's 8 dress. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, so you would rather keep it. Do you just feel like that's the spirit of the movie to like play it uh, close rather than be loud about it? No, that's, 
I mean, it is the spirit of the movie, but it's also the spirit of me. I mean, if you were like, one of the dresses, one of them wore the Met Gala, <laughs> I feel like that's subtle enough. But if yeah. it were a big, like, red print dress with all of their faces going around it, yeah. like if it were a dress made out of the billboard, <laughs> I would yeah. really have to have the right place to wear that to for me to wear it. That's not your style. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's all. All right. Would you strand someone you love on a desert island with only this movie? Ooh. Possibly. You I mean, like... it's a fun, entertaining movie. Yeah. I feel like there are layers to it. Um, yeah. It, re- it yeah, rewards it repeat a, viewings? I think it rewards repeat viewings. I mean, I've only seen it twice so far, so I can't really say like the 10 time. Yeah. But I'm not a 10 time movie watching person. Um, so possibly. Okay. If this movie was a person, would you try to become its best friend? <laughs> I think I would try to become part of its circle of friends. Okay. But possibly not its best friend. Oh, wait a minute. No. Okay. I thought you were saying something different. I thought you were celebrating. It's a movie about having lots of friends. But you were saying that this is maybe a movie because it is still anti-heroes heisting that you're unsure about being best friends with with criminals. Is that what? This is because you do like book clubs, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I don't think I've ever been in a book club, but I like the concept of them um yeah i we can go with what you said it, it's because it's a circle of of friends no i think I it is know. partly yeah. that i just um yeah i would be happy to be invited to its house once a week mm-hmm. i don't know that i want to be the person that it calls every day okay but i need to know why is it because that it, they they live in such a fast-paced, a potentially dangerous world? Because we said all these things about how supportive this group oh, of characters is. And, but and it's how... a group. It's the group. I think I think if I were the one instead of one of the eight, I feel like the drama quotient would be higher than I personally am good at handling. Not the interpersonal drama, but just like that they if, do heists. Of like, if Ocean's 8 is my best friend... I feel like there would sometimes be more drama there than I might I might be really tired one day and not be able to handle that much drama. <laughs> but if I were one of six or seven or eight friends <laughs> of Ocean's Eight that we all like are in a group together, we go have brunch together, we take turns calling each other when we need different things or, you know, want to bounce ideas off of each other, that I could totally do. Okay. Okay, but when you say drama, I just want to be clear. What yeah. do you what do you mean when you say feeling like being best friends with the movie Ocean's Eight would be drama? What kind of drama? Heisting? Heisting Crime? drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So stressed about heisting. Sometimes you come home yeah. and you're like, oh, no, it's time to like- uh, have a martini and eat a burrito. I don't <laughs> need the heist drama tonight. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's have you go ahead and rate this movie mm. on a scale of one to eight. Uh huh. Eight being the highest, one being the lowest. How obsessed are you? And this doesn't have to be like forever. Yeah. Five years from now, you're obsessed with this movie. But in the moment, because that's the spirit Honestly, of these obsessed reviews. In the moment, I'm going to give myself six diamond necklaces. No. <laughs> you pulled a heist. You I gave yourself six heist. diamond necklaces. Yeah. I think long term, that will go down. But I'd say right now. I've been thinking about it a lot. I really like that soundtrack. I'm thinking a lot about the characters and how they all interact with each other and the heist itself. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say six diamond necklaces. Nice. nice. I'm going to give myself a five. Ooh. 
And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. Because I've been thinking about this a lot with some of the uh, drama in Star Wars land of, of Solo. Solo did underperform, but also at the same time, the whole point of the standalone A Star Wars Story is it's not the epic blockbuster. It's a little side adventure in a little pocket of the galaxy the character whatever yeah. you know it the star wars stories are supposed to be the ant-man of star wars yes that's the idea yeah but star wars ran into all this problem of like well star wars has always been an event movie and we didn't do anything to communicate that this is a little slice of life this is a little side of the galaxy you didn't normally get to see so i think i've just been in a mode of appreciating movies like oceans eight that are like do you want a really great Friday night? There's more to think about. There's a lot more to think about if you want. But if you don't, we will just entertain the shit out of you for two hours and it will be fun and you will come out of the theater wanting to slow walk to uh, these boots are made for walking. And yeah. just like, so for me, like part of it is like, you can obsess about it if you want, if, if it means a lot to you. But also that that's part of its power of just like, it's a cool, light, jazzy heist movie. Yeah. Like other heist movies that have come before it. Yep. And uh, it feels appropriately to me to be like, that's awesome. Yeah. I've got some thoughts. Yeah. No, but, I think that's great. And I am right there with you. Of, I think that's part of why I like it so much as you can think about it. But it's a fun summer movie. Yeah. And it was really fun. You know, I went on a weekend matinee and it, some people are loving it. Some people aren't. And it was really fun. It was just it was such a wide variety of people of all ages who were in the movie theater, all groupings of people, just there to have fun. Yeah. And I, we, you know, obviously we've talked a lot in our household about Solo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I feel like that also is a fun summer movie. And it was just fun, to use the word again, <laughs> for use me it, to see all these, times. <laughs> all these people just out enjoying themselves to see a movie. Yeah. And I feel like that's the point. You know, sometimes there's more to movies. Sometimes you're going to take more from a movie. Sometimes you're not. And that's okay. There's certainly some movies that I watch and they wash over me. There's some that I think way too much about. And I think that's what's part of what's cool about all of us is which movies grab us that way and that it's different movies. It's not the yeah. same one movie that grabs all of us because that would be boring. Yeah. And obviously, like people listening to this, this might have been the movie that changed their lives. And I yeah. think that's great. And you might have hated it. Yeah. And go for you. <laughs> you don't need to tell me about it. <laughs> but you can. Just don't be mean. Um, exactly. I, I feel like that's another good lesson in this movie is you can offer critique without being mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome takeaway. All right. Let us wrap up okay. this episode of Obsessed Reviews. First, I want to make sure that we covered any your all of your notes that you wanted to cover or any other thoughts that you had about the movie that you wanted to share. I think that that was everything that I really enjoyed. Here is one little detail about myself that I will <laughs> share. Um, actually, two little details, because it's good Go to share it. things about our personal lives with our partner live on podcasts. Yeah. These Boots Are Made for Walking, I believe, is the first song I ever did karaoke to. What? Yeah, I was a backup singer slash dancer uh, for karaoke, but I believe that is the first one I remember doing, at least. So wow. just kind of side note for right. you, Well, partner. you could do the lead. I, I could now. At that time, um, I d- didn't know the song. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I was back well, dancer slash singer. Well, you keep listening to that and you'll have these boots are made for walking memorized. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a, one other little note, just kind of one of yeah. the favorites that I want to share, um, which w- is before they pull off the heist when Sandra Bullock goes on her great little speech in the um, 
your phones to everybody else. First, well, somebody else is in the bathroom, then that person leaves. And she's like, don't do this for, you know, yourselves or whatever. She's like, do this for that eight-year-old girl who's lying in bed thinking about someday becoming a criminal. Yes, thank you. That was one of the other lines that I thought was like, yes, big swing for the fences, big whole audience belly laugh. Yeah. Like, that just was great line. Fantastic. Also, when we meet Nine Ball's sister, and as they're coming back into the van, again, Debbie Olson, Ocean is like, what do your parents do? And everyone's just like, kind of that like silent treatment of don't, don't you dare ask that. <laughs> um, yeah, which is which is fantastic. Um, and then the other thing that I had here, and now I'm just, um, oh, so one of the highest movies that I grew up watching a lot was the Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, yeah. Which takes place in a museum. And yeah. so for me, having spent a lot of time, I've watched that movie many, many, many times. Is there, there, it, it takes place in a museum. And then there's a remake, right? Or no, are you talking about Pierce Brosnan and Renee, Renee Russo? Russo? Okay. Yep. When you say grow up watching, I grew up watching it. Okay. Um, or I watched anyway. I've watched it a lot. Okay. Over I was gonna the say years. is because it, it didn't come out when you were like six. No, no. I mean, okay. I don't think I was probably allowed to watch heist movies. <laughs> As an adult, I watched it a lot. Okay. And so just that um, when they're scoping out the Met, yeah, and put that fake um, painting in, yeah, and that's like. Step one of the heist is to get something into the museum. And they're all like, oh, we're just trying to keep things from leaving the museum. We don't really track what comes into the museum. Yeah. And just that whole idea. And just since that is, to me, one of the heist movies that I spent so much time watching, it was that was just a fun connection. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because we have watched that movie together at least twice. And yeah. we should watch it again. We should. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's a good old heist time. It sure is. All right. To wrap up the podcast, uh, I want us to both make noises that sum up our obsession uh so i'll go first okay if that's okay because i like do you uh mine is we (laughs) i love it (laughs) excellent and what is your noise to sum up your obsession with oceans eight boots are made for walking and that's just what i'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.